This week on This Glory Life, the party begins to reassess their futures. After jumping off that tower and spending an entire day of battle, back hurts, knees hurt. But there's a little bit of time for a break. Charlie's looking at ants through a magnifying glass and getting sad when he accidentally burns them to death. Yeah, it's completely accidental. He does not understand the relationship between the sun and a magnifying glass. Meanwhile, in the Krogodon of the past... Guarding these listeners is hardly dangerous work. The chance to explore the ancient ruins of Lower Kragodon is perhaps better than guards pay. A new battle unfolds. He's a general for a reason, Gavin. He has a hat. Is there any group of brave adventurers that can stand up to a plot against the stronghold? I'm Cedric the Wall Gollinson. You may call me Ace Bugrat. Oh! Nice to meet you. I'm Jamie. My name is Technobina Bonestone. I'm. <laughs> uh, my name is Meatwow. Listen to find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this Galarian life. Now, every gaming group I've ever been a part of has had kind of these ebbs and flows where the DM will get bored or burnt out or just have things going on in their lives. So a lot of times there's always been somebody there who can DM in a pinch. Now, I'm not necessarily saying what's what's going on here, because it definitely isn't. I could do this for months and years and decades, really. But every once in a while, I think it's good to change up the pace of the story. Early on, episode 7, Into the Feywilds, Gavin uh, DM'd an episode. I thought that would be a fun surprise. And then in between book 2 and 3, Gavin set up our big uh, Galarian storyline, although he didn't know nearly as much of it as he does now. But now, there's a story that needs to be told that I can't necessarily tell with the characters that we currently have. So, a solution to that is having Jeff, player of Teresia and Gorgug, step into DM. So, I will be gone from DMing the majority of the episodes for a couple weeks. I'm still here as a character, as you'll soon find out. But I hope you all enjoy this break from the traditional story we're telling, even though there will be some normal podcast story going on. I hope you enjoy what we're doing. Shoot us a comment on Twitter or email or anywhere you can find us. Let us know what you're thinking. Just anything, really. You can also always review us, like us, subscribe on iTunes or any other podcasting apps. That helps as well. But this is a bit of a long one. So we're just gonna let ch- so I'm just gonna let you all jump right into it. Presenting episode seventy-seven, Tugnabina Knights, the Ballad of Meatwad Bonestone. So we find ourselves on a long shadow that is slowly rebuilding. You all have been given a a new task, but it's gonna take some time to prepare. In the meantime. You have the freedom to get yourself re-equipped and to hammer out some issues that may arise during the last series of combats. Let's just check in with the individual characters. Like, have your motivations, your goals changed since the beginning of either your arrival into the campaign or the beginning of the campaign? I'll leave here. Uh, Okay. Uh, No. I mean, you did have that thing with uh, Penny last week. Yeah, you did. Oh, I just don't trust him. But that was, yeah, my motivations, I have become significantly more suspicious of dwarfs. And I think it'll be borne out that he's correct. 
But um, other than that, his motivations have, have not changed. He's go with the flow guy, and he remains that way. To a certain extent, it also this is like a, a mission of convenience because you just kind of get to go back home. That is true. I do plan to like link up with my old uh, Dungeon Strike clan and get a few sessions in. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Penny is currently probably at, at a bar of some sort, uh, likely alone, kind of like covering her face that way, like her companions, if they see her, don't recognize her. Uh, and she's just like sitting alone, drinking, messing with her tooth, like that is now gone. She's like fiddling her tongue through it. And in her thoughts, she's putting together what she wants to do next. And then in a moment, she pulls out her book and starts writing again. Teresia is a woman adrift. She's gone through a lot in the past few days. Uh, we've discussed that in earlier chapters, so we won't go over it again here. But uh, I suppose psychologically, she's very much looking forward to this trip to Kragadon because it'll give her something to focus on, aside from the more complex and nuanced thoughts concerning her sister and Penny. And actually, she's pretty happy to know about the whole Harold thing, but it's also very troubling for a lot of reasons. Uh, but it's okay, because she can rely on Cyrix like a, in a storm. Uh, I'll do Laura. Uh, Laura is very tired, and she remembers why she uh, stopped adventuring and soldiering because her knees really hurt. After jumping off that tower and spending an entire day of battle, back hurts, knees hurt. But she is happy that she's on speaking terms with her daughter again, and she's happy that uh, Daniel survived the battle. She's not looking forward to going and dealing with these dwarves, but she's glad that basically everyone survived. Cyrix is also extremely tired. So, like, originally, the motivation was just to, like, stay with the party because everyone seems fairly competent, and so it was probably her best bet of making it out alive. But at this point, she has remembered that she has repressed a lot of memories, has seen some visions previously that now make sense due to those memories coming to light, and all of her friends have died. So she's a little tired of all of this and may not necessarily be super excited to be going to Kragadon. But Harold, I'll be your friend. <laughs> Teresia, I'm telling you, please stop whatever you're doing. This whole reverence thing, it needs... I, I hate it. I just got a shipment that you're going to love. It's going to make you feel so much better. Um, what is it? It's the Blu-ray version of Cock Blockers. <laughs> it's, it's the so what? <laughs> it's the Blu-ray version of Cock Blockers. Oh my gosh, John Cena is so dreamy. Teresia? Oh god. Yeah? I love being the center of attention, except when it carries responsibility. And thus, I hate what you're doing right now. Oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll help you learn duty. It's, you're gonna need it. You're more I'm than just the center of attention, so you're, you're, you're almost the center of the universe. Laura! Getting really weird. What? Help! What? With what? Teresia's doing it again. What is Teresia doing again? The whole thing, calling you the Herald and all that? Yes, make it stop. Well, maybe some responsibility will be good for you. Laura walks no! away. <laughs> Teresia, Teresia nods <laughs> excitedly. <laughs> Charlie! Oh, uh, yeah. Charlie has his headphones in, he can't hear you. <laughs> huh? 
He's got his feet tucked away. Yo, sorry, having some bumming issues over here. I can't pause the game. It's online, Mom! I do have a question for Cyrix. So, Cyrix was the only one who wasn't there when uh, the gargoyle man showed up. Have, has anybody relayed what, what happened? If you don't think for well, a second that Teresia would lay out the entire story of her mission yeah. in excruciating well, we, detail for hours oh on God, end. It's fair. <laughs> we even touched it when Teresia and I talked last week. She said that Laura gave the guy the watch, which Cyrix found very interesting. And at some point, I am sure Cyrix went to have a heart to heart with Laura to figure out what the fuck that's all about. Fade to black. We find ourselves in a hotel room with Cyrix and Laura. But two hours ago. This <laughs> is the lamest flashback we've done so far. Rain. I think the latest flashback was the laurels. <laughs> Fuck that paladin. When okay. I die, leave a scroll of resurrect. There's more dragons show up. Wake me the fuck up. <laughs> I have diabetes. Diabetes, there ain't no insulin potion. I'm gonna lay here and die. So, wait, how did he survive that long? Because we just casted Resurrection on him, right? We didn't cast, like, Greater Restoration to, like, remove the diabetes. How did he survive for we that long? It. The magic, we didn't cast it. The magic stoned it. The magic stone. What the fuck bullshit is this? It's called DM Fiat. It was a stasis chamber. They've got what? the Star Realms denizens. What? Anyway, right, so. Cyrix knocks on Laura's door after making sure that Teresia is not following her. Hello, yeah, I, sent you, I sent you a stealth roll. <laughs> <laughs> now her dex is really high, but her armor might stop her. Quite. Oh quite, no. Laura, <laughs> are you busy right now? Not particularly. Who said that? <laughs> uh, can I talk to you for a second? I suppose. Opens door. Six goes inside, shuts the door, looks around, makes sure no one, no one's here, no one's around. Not at the moment. I imagine uh, everybody's out at the doing things. I was just Good. resting my fucking legs. I'm so sorry, Laura. So I had an interesting conversation with Teresia about uh, what happened after I turned invisible and ran away with the locket. And it appears that you might have given away something that belonged to Greg. Yes, that strange uh, being that wanted your necklace. I uh, wanted uh, Greg's pocket watch. I exchanged what? it for a boon. What kind of boon? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but my daughter's talking to me again. That's because I exchanged that boon to restore the life to that druid. Say what you wanted to say. <laughs> I said what I wanted to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought it was a safe environment here for growth. <laughs> so what you're saying... Uh, this man who granted you this boon, do you know who he was? Not particularly. He was a being of great power, though, and he, he managed to end the topside battle all too quickly. Also, uh, Treja's wicked sister, she was somehow associated with him, so he was probably not a very good person, but... But he brought... he brought your daughter's teacher back to life, right? Is that what you're saying? I mean, he gave me... A magical boon to do it. He didn't stand over him and do it himself. Yes, it's rather strange. It'll probably come back to bite me in the ass, but... I wonder, and Sirius doesn't follow up that thought. 
Yes. Ah, uh, nothing. Not nothing to be concerned about, Laura. You know that I am the picture of responsible decision making. Laura is going to roll her eyes heavily. Uh, what was your locket, or what is that locket? I've don't know. I've had it for a very long time, and you remember how I told you about how I remembered someone from my past. I believe you've mentioned it. Yes. It's connected to the locket somehow and it's part of being this whole herald thing that Teresia won't shut the fuck up about i know gorgug was looking into it more you know how that went yes rather unfortunate that book that he had disappeared with his whenever he passed though didn't it was that his i i believe well i his was his sword but the book was gone Which as also well. disappeared Yes. That's curious. I don't know why. Greg's Dead god bullshittery. Yes, Aridin and all that. Uh, there's a knock at the door. I'm getting lots of visitors today. I I look at Cyrix and I kind of I give you a look of like, is it okay if I invite another person in? Cyrix nods. I open the door. Hey, mom. Which child mom. is this, Derek? Long time no see. It's <laughs> your, me, your Daniel, one. your son. Daniel, we saw each other yesterday, but please come in. It's really weird that I still have to introduce myself. Look, hey, Daniel, the DM has, look, the DM hasn't gotten your voice yet. If I die or I retire, <laughs> I'll make sure to get it under 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 wraps. That sounds good, Mom. Hmm. Um, What's which, happening? By Daniel? the way, I am thinking about retiring. My knees really hurt. Do you think you can start running around with these idiots? No. I slap him on the shoulder. Wait, Laura, no! Uh, well... So we're about to uh, head out in the morning to go check out the uh, Valley of Alloy, the place you guys will be going in a couple days, weeks, whatever. Yes. Brief be careful mission. of those damn Malthunis. I, I definitely will. Uh, but I've been talking to Sarah, and she says you've been more, uh, how do I put this, motherly than normal? And I wondered if I could talk to you about something. And he kind of side eyes Cyrix. Is this like the puberty talk? Do you need me to like, leave, well, Daniel? Is it, if, if it's not the birds and the bees, I can help explain. No, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I told Greg to cover that a long time ago. He doesn't remember he was full but of Cyrix. <laughs> I don't need no birds, Cyrix. Just the bees. Gross. Oh, it's a coming out moment. Very good. <laughs> Or Wait, was it not? I don't up. remember how the metaphor goes. I don't either. Very well. Cyrix, is this child you bothering you, Harold? out <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my room. <laughs> if, if by this child you mean yourself, Teresia, then yes. Can I have an hour of peace? And I. You'll have all the hours of peace if I can manage it, Harold. <laughs> and I leave. Laura's Everyone room. but my son, get out of here. <laughs> Treasure, please leave me alone. I just got a bat bomb from the shop. You know what? I closed the door. <laughs> I appreciate ben. how wildly different Teresia's characters become. As oh, I more comfortable with Teresia. Yeah. Then um, come and sit by the fire. Uh, he sits by the fire. He says, "Oh, I uh, probably should have told you some of this a while ago." I'll admit, I've not been the best. Well, with that you know, and the whole thing with Sarah and everything, and you going off to basically fight in a war, I, I can't say I blame you. 
but it's just something weird's been kind of going on. Dad died, and a day, maybe hours, I don't know. I woke up the day after his funeral, and I felt different, stronger, more invigorated than before, and it felt like I had all of a sudden years of training, combat training, ranging ability, just kind of... You didn't accidentally sleep in the hyperbolic time chamber, did you? No, Vegeta was using it. That's so, well. That's just, that's definitely strange. You you definitely have been leading our our scouts very well. So yeah, and I was I just it's it's just so so different. I I mean I could fight before, but it, it was like something was almost guiding my hand, and don't quite understand what was going on. Maybe maybe I just became more confident because I felt like that's what Dad would have needed, but it felt more than that and I didn't know if I kept convincing myself it wasn't something supernatural so I didn't think I could bring it up I should bring it up it's just now during that battle tower went down and maybe 10 minutes later I I don't feel it anymore I just feel like a 17 year old kid again I mean I can still fight I can still lead them but I don't feel as strong I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That is very curious. So, the supernatural boon you felt, do you think it was Aristotle, or...? Mm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I had a dream the night Dad died. Well, the night we buried him, there was a stag, and Father was standing with the stag, but nothing since. I don't know. It just... It's so, so weird, because it just... It didn't fade, it just disappeared in a moment. That is strange. And it was after the the tower fell? Mm. Several minutes, the hobgoblins began retreating and we were charging after some of the ones we could and I s- struck at one and as my blade hit it, I it, it didn't do what it should have done and I felt woozy as if I was losing essence my losing in the colloquial term hit points and i couldn't go on anymore it's always bad whenever you face level drain out in the middle of the field mm. actually that is, that is what it feels like i've fought undead in the hills weak ones but hmm. i failed a 42 saber too and that's that's kind of exactly what it feels like except more permanent and like i i've, I've losing ability, so I don't know quite what's happening, but... What was the church here? Abadar? Yeah, there's a temple of Abadar. Is there a is there any, like, a shrine of Aristotle or anything around? I think the town's probably big enough where there'd be a cleric here and there. Let's go find us a cleric of Aristotle. Maybe they can know more. I do have a bad feeling about this. You managed to find somebody and you explain the situation. This is very, very strange. We've never heard anything like this outside of dealings with the undead, but this is obviously not that I'd be able to sense it. It's something, unless it is just purely psychological, it is something deeper. I am afraid I cannot help much. I could attempt to commune with Rastel, but 
I do not think this is going to yield any results. Well, whenever my son got the boost, it was after his father passed, and they mm. both, him and my son, are devout followers of Aristo. Maybe could I give, could we give you some coin and could you commune? For the heroes of Long Shadow, I will spend my own coin this one time. I will check in with you, but for now, you, you must rest. Get your legs back in order. Get your Nico Nico kneecaps better. It's true. I do wish to return to the tavern and put the heat pad back on my back and knees. So, the cleric begins to commune. Xerix goes back and begins whatever sort of meditation she wants to do, trying to figure out figure out what's going on. Penny's drinking herself half to death in a bar. Teresha's discovered the blooper reel. Charlie's oh, looking at ants through a magnifying glass and getting sad when they, he accidentally burns them to death. You're setting Charlie up to be like an accidental psychopath. <laughs> so, But he feels bad about it. Yeah, it's completely accidental. He does not understand the relationship between the sun and a magnifying glass. So things in Long Shadow are physically getting better, but things amongst all of you maybe are the worst they've been in a long time. Meanwhile, in the past... A T-1000 steps across the mountain of human skulls. Wait, <laughs> what timeline are we in? We've got to go back to Krogodon. As you pass through the broad hallways, you can't help but notice the age of the crest dwarf ship around you. Stone wall carvings and frescoes shine brightly in the dim light, depicting the founding of Kragodon almost 8,000 years ago. Shops and homes long since abandoned since dwarves moved into the upper city are connected by stretches of white stone. Worn smooth by hundreds of years of heavy traffic, I can't help but wonder how many generations it has been since this area has provided passage for a group any larger than your own. Your squad is making its way to the dense under-fortress of Kragadon. You are all chosen by the sector administrator to relieve a team of guards, keeping watch over a group of Earth listeners, who last week detected vibrations indicative of wildcat mining. While not a glamorous job, guarding these listeners is hardly dangerous work, and the chance to explore the ancient ruins of Lower Kragadon is a per- perhaps better than guards' pay. Now, give me your marching order and your character introductions. I'm going to be near the near or at the front. And who the hell are you? I'm Cedric the Wall Gollinson, War Priest of Toreg. I've got a shield and a hammer, like every good dwarf should. Thank you, Wall. I balls the people in the party that do not have shields. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. No, please. No, after you. All right. Uh, my name is Meatwild, and I'm, I got a shotgun, and I got a big shield, and I'm going to lead the party. I'm at the front. Thank you. Oh, God. It's going to be hours and hours of this, Derek. Hope you like it. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the edit of this. I would like to build the very back. My name is Technobina Bonestone. I'm. <laughs> We're party of dwarves and not gnomes, right? Me <laughs> <laughs> and I are very special. We're twins. We're both gunslingers. Um, I would like to be in the back, though, because I'm not as close to my end as Meatwad. Uh, like I said, Technobina Bonestone. Um. And that's, that's that, yeah. I grew up in the slums, so I do not have traditional dwarf name. You may call me Ace Bugrot, and I will be in the front, much like all dwarfs, apparently. <laughs> We've just got a solid three-person wide marching order. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. I'm Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jamie has very colorful clothing on. Gavin, you son of a bitch! That was an NPC token I chose. Good, good job. <laughs> Goddamn! Look at that mustache. 
All I did was cast, was type evil dwarf. And that's what it gave you? And that's what it gave me. Nice to meet you all. I would prefer if I uh, was a bit more in the middle. Wait, which one's Tarlar? That's the spirit of Torag following you through the Undermountain. <laughs> and they're all dwarves. That sucks. Uh, so you've been traveling down this way for quite some time. Kragadon is a massive and old city. Again, it's it's over 8,000 years old. It's huge. So these places down here, it's pretty rare to see another dwarf at all, or really any living thing aside from, you know, the occasional giant spider. That being said, you've been walking for some time, and make a perception check. Oh, no. Not already. Oh, don't worry. I rolled a 29. 21. Good job. Nice. You hear the sound of running coming towards you. It's a little bit too dark ahead to clearly see, even with your dark vision. I got the 32. It's coming closer. <laughs> shield wall! This is, this I put my shield up. I also put my shield I up. I raised my crossbow. Well, I'm just gonna walk up to you real quick, friendly dwarf. <laughs> Thank God you're a dwarf. You don't smell. And I'm gonna slap the gun tank. Or I'm gonna slap a meat, meat wad with a, a shield of faith. Gives you two AC. Wait, thanks, brother. When suddenly... From the darkness at the edge of your range of vision, a young dwarf woman comes rushing towards you, wearing the garb of an earth listener. Her eyes are wide with fright. Oh, what's happening? Oh, what's wrong, dearie? Come here. I'll take care of you. Come here. Oh, thank goodness. More guards. My name is Tildren Bright Flint. I was with the earth listeners down below. There's been a horrible accident. Well, we've been attacked. We need your help. Well, let's go, boys. Well, I, I can't go with you. I was given direct orders by the by the leader of the but down below here, you'll find Morlocks. They've attacked. It's not too hard. All right, to go. We're heading out. One, one last thing. If you find my sister Magdalene, make sure she's okay. She rushes off into the darkness. All right, let's get moving. We got Morlocks to bash. Oh, and one last thing. And she drops a bag full of five potions of moderate healing. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Why not all keep I'm taking all five of them. Oh. Don't do that. You need to share. You know that. I need them. Oh, share. Hey, I'm rubbing All right, better sir. Let's get this party moving. Okay. We take all the damage for you. What? How are you it's approaching? Okay. You know, it's it's not too far away. She kind of indicated to you it was about a tenth of a mile. I'll be right. back. Hey, meet one. Hi. Oh God, that's a fucking giant amoeba. That's a that's a lot of things. That's, that's, a scene of a scene a of battle things. fills your view. Oh, the stone hallway before you is lined by statues and burial reliefs celebrating dwarves of old. The hallway leads into a spacious vestibule whose smooth stones and reflecting pools no doubt once made for a great market square. All around the area, the remaining dwarven guards do battle against the underground invaders, fighting desperately to keep their lives around the bodies of the fallen. Roll for initiative. I got a seven because I rolled an eight and have a minus one. Tugabina, it's your yes, move, sir. baby. Uh, what's, who's the closest enemy? Uh, you will see to the right, there is a dwarf guard fighting a giant omeba. Okay, uh, I will attack him twice with my crossbow. I'll take the back, yeah, you... I'll take a five foot step, and then I will attack him twice. Alright. Does an 18 hit. Very much so. Uh, 12 piercing damage. 12 piercing damage. Well, good job. That giant amoeba is dead as fuck. However, oh, well, the second as, attack the arrow, as the arrow shoots into the amoeba, you notice that it's cell wall, because it's a giant amoeba, seems to shake and shudder. And suddenly, it pops open and transforms into... Uh, go ahead and make a knowledge arcane or nature check. I do not have either of those. Okay. Well, it looks like a bunch of 
amoebas, but much smaller than the one you just killed. Uh, I think I accidentally exploded it. Uh, I'm gonna leave this one up to your meatwad. Okay, um, I'll go ahead and delay my turn. I can't do much right now. So Gavin delays his turn. That means he'll take it to the Dwarven Guard. He will, oh boy, he will go ahead and swing at the amoeba. Oh, and he misses. It is now the Morlock's turn. The two Morlocks to the south both attack that dwarf. Uh-oh. Well, the first one misses. The second one hits. Oh, no, the second one misses as well. That's good. This Morlock moves up here. It also attacks the dwarf. That's a hit, dealing four damage. Sorry, who'd you do a lot of damage to? And uh, uh, one of the dwarven guards. Okay. This Morlock in the back looks up at the party. He points a gnarled finger towards you. He's an older-looking Morlock, sort of. Uh, he's in the rear of the chamber wearing a knackered leather cap. He points at you with his emaciated finger and yells, Silly dwarfs, you face Morlock General Alakataka. Die now and behold our unending conquest. The general then reaches down to his hand and begins fiddling with a potion. Well, a vial of something. You can't quite tell what it is. It's a and potion. Now, and now it's Shotgun Boy's what? turn. Well spotted, Morlock. Wait, it's, it's, yeah, it's who a red boy is. You're up, Croc. I'm going to hit him in the face with a hammer so hard. You might have just have to double move up. There's that swarm. Your shotgun can go and get the swarm. Without Is this me? Um, uh, so, okay, I assume the skull and crossbones represent enemies on the... They're, no, they the mean they're dead. Those are corpses, my friend. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, the swarm is an enemy. It has a dwarven guard right in front of it. Um, but if you angle it right, you won't hit him with the shotgun. Yeah, so I'll... I have to double move here, though? Uh, no, I forgot about the swarm. Jeff thankfully reminded us, but you can move here and do it. All right, I will do that, then. Uh, so that's a 20. That'll hit. Roll for damage. Uh, damage is 11. And what type of damage does a shotgun do? Excellent question. Piercing! That is piercing damage, my friend. Very cool. As your shotgun blast flies through a large hole opens in the amoeba swarm and then quickly reforms. It appears to do nothing. Hold on, that was a shotgun. It spreads out. So I killed them. If only the staff block didn't say immune to weapon damage. Good go. Ooh, Jesus. thought I could talk my way out of this. I guess we're going to find out real quick if you have spells or not. Can I, uh, I, don't think can I, I uh, go, go ahead and go? Yes, now's the time. Already done. Very good. I'll go ahead and move ahead and go here, and I will cast a spell. Which spell, you ask? It's quite simple. Obscuring Mist. Obscuring Mist. What's the game plan here, boy? Uh, it's going to be about here. Interesting. So now everything in there has a big mischance. chance. Exactly, but they can't see us either. Okay, is there anything else you do? No, sir. Mr. Bograt? Boy, this is uh, an unfortunate situation. I'm, I'm thinking TPK with a CR1 monster. Here we go. I'm going to intercede myself between uh, Meatwad and Swarm. As I do that, I drop my Warhammer, and as a part of that move action, uh, pull out a torch and then light it as a standard. Okay. Well, that's my turn, because I have to pull it out and light it. Okay. The wall, I believe? Oh, it's turning to a right clusterfuck up there. Curse my short dwarven legs. I will move up to be beside my firearm-bearing companion, and um, I'm going to hit us with a... Uh, I'm going to hit us with a bless. Good. Alright, so... Caster and all eyes within 50-foot burst. Would that get our friend who's stuck in the mist? Yes, it would. Yes. Uh, so everybody gets plus one morale bonus to attack rolls and saving throws 
against fear effects. And I guess that's my turn. I knew Very I well. should have built it. It is the swarm's turn. Derek and the dwarf guard will each take. Bum, 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 bum. That is the wrong amoeba template. You guys want to find a mythic amoeba? Yeah. Uh, no. You'll each take five acid damage and <laughs> roll fortitude, Derek. Did I take this damage? 17. You pass. Your dwarven friend does not. And as the amoeba hits him, you see some of the spores enter through his, his mouth, and he looks horribly ill. <laughs> oh, time to put him out of his misery. Did everyone else secretly go lawful evil? Yeah. All right. Back that to the top, Davina. Yes, um, uh, it's a free action. I will reload my crossbow, and I will uh, hit this guy twice. Uh... Is that 60 feet? Okay, it will have a uh, it will have 50% concealment. So go ahead and roll a 1d100. Why? Because there's a scary mist across them. Oh, well then. Um, in that case, I'll just move up. No, I mean, if you tell me what square you want to aim at, we can play a fun game. No, I don't want to kill another dwarf. Tugnabina is not risky. She's just going to move up. Okay. Gavin? I think I will go ahead, move forward to here, and then cast Prayer. Okay. Uh, everybody gets a plus one, and all the enemies get minus one to every roll. That's luck, right? Not morale. Correct. Very good, very good. Next up, it's the Dwarven Guards. Uh, you don't know what's happening inside the Obscuring Mist, but give me a second. Uh, okay. And the one up here can't seem to do anything. He is oh, currently no. gagging on himself. And again, you hear clanking and rustling inside the Obscuring Mist, but you do hear the general yell, You fools! Ha <laughs> ha! And through the Obscuring Mist, you see a potion flying through the air, and it lands right there. Where? From the potion emerges a giant amoeba. Uh, I got this. No, you don't, Mr. Rod. I got it. No, Mr. Rod. Um, you sound really good. <laughs> oh, where'd it go? There it is. It's fast as fuck. Okay. Next up, shotgun boy. Uh, well, so this, is this shotgun going to work on the amoebas? Because it didn't work on the swarm. Well, I mean, you can make a real life sense motive check and inference. And realize that when it was shot by an arrow and died, it blew up into a swarm. So, at the very least, you know that an arrow does not work very well against them. Mm. Well, the shotgun will work just fine, then. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know, Hardy, what should I do? Should I bash him with the shotgun? Should I attach a knife to the shotgun and stab him? I don't think stabbing would be a wise move. <laughs> uh, you could load a round of Dragon's Breath. A fucking blast him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Kamehameha this guy. That's all right. Uh, no, I will. Um, you know what? Can I can I try to just bash him with the shotgun? Yes, you'll have to do it. I believe. I think. Are there special melee rules for guns? I think it's just a an improvised weapon, so like a one d four, right? Yeah. If you, yeah, you can go for it. You'll have to make a strength based weapon attack roll. So your base attack bonus plus your strength modifier to try to overcome the giant amoeba's AC once you go within range. Okay, so I have no modifier on my strength, and I have five for base attack bonus. So it's a pl- I'm rolling at a plus five. Let me tell you. The odds are still very much in your favor. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna do that then. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up to this motherfucker and I'm gonna bash him with my gun. Roll me a one d twenty plus five. That is a fifteen. Outstanding. You have a feeling that anything aside from a one would have hit. Roll damage, please. One d four plus strength, which is zero. So, ooh, crit. So that's a hundred damage. Maximum damage. Okay, it's looking a little bit worse uh, for the wear. Okay, but- okay. I was gonna say, how's he looking? Yeah, but it's looking at you though, like it's about to it's about to get you with a newly appendage. I'm bringing out. I don't believe in those spaghetti monster. Okay, 
Gavin? Um, didn't Gavin just ask prayer? Yeah, I thought I moved him up in the order unless I fucked <clears throat> Why did it not? You know what? Gavin, go ahead. Fair enough. I will. <laughs> Three times. That's how we solve these problems, Derek. Okay. If you if you uh, drag, if you click and no, drag on the no, we, we solved the issue. It's been resolved. Now let me call DM. Cool. I will. And Derek, you Let's lose your next see. turn for talking back. <laughs> Thank you. And I love Travis. Uh, which one was the general? The one at the very back. I'm gonna cast hold person on him. Uh, okay. But Gavin what? knows that hold person doesn't work on monsters. So they just have to be a humanoid. Are they monstrous humanoids? It's a Morlock, so yes. Very much so. And yeah, I will cast Hold Person. What's the okay. save, Gavin? I believe it is very low. Um, DC 18. Will, huh? I'm sorry, what? Uh, it succeeds. Ripping pepperonis. He's the general for a reason, Gavin. He has a hat. That's true. <laughs> and I will go ahead and move here. Interesting. How long does he is scaring Miss? Oh my god, this miss is going to be five goddamn minutes, Gavin. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Well, we'll see how but this also, plays. Also, we can kind of see through it. We just have 50% mischance. Unless you're five feet away, then it's only 20%. Exactly. Okay, Mr. Bugrot. Well, this sucks. You got a hammer, dude. It won't do shit against the swarm, but yeah. do what you got to do. I also can't see real well. What do you mean? I can't see through the mist. No, get, there's a swarm right next to you, dude. I know, but I don't know. I'm going to roll to hit with the torch. Okay. So it's improvised, right? Yep. Since so minus four. Uh, 16. You hit. Roll for damage. Uh, three points of fire damage. You hit, and it seems to do more damage than you would imagine. Oh. Um. Also, you, you don't know how it's possible. It's, it's almost like you hear an amoeba scream. Yeah. It's shimmering. Foot. I'm a five foot step back then. Very good. Open up the charge lane a bit. Moves up to our guard friend. It appears his nausea has passed. That being said, he's going to. Uh, uh, he's going to move. You can move through allied toe squares, right? Or can you not? Yeah. 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 Hit it with fire. Hit it with fire. And with that, it's the swarmster. It moves up here. Everybody in this range. Everybody in its melee range? Yes. We'll take five acid damage, and all of you oh. go ahead and make a fort save. 30. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll do it. 23. This yeah. is against uh, poison? It's a, it's a fort save. Is it against poison? It's a fort save against... Yes. No, yes. Sure. I know. 26. I, okay. That's 12. Uh, Yeah, no, you make it. You feel like just barely, though. <laughs> Thanks to that racial fleet. Okay. I would like to see you puke. Tug Nabina? Yes, sir. It's your time to rock and roll. So, the, is the mist total concealment? It's 50% concealment, unless you're five feet away from what you're trying to hit, in which case it's 20%. But, but it's not total concealment. Here. 20% is partial, 50% is total. Well, there you go. It's total concealment. Uh, I yell out, stay back. I really don't know what to do. So you tug- uh, but that's how we got a swarm last time. You can either hold your action or you can do whatever you need. I will hold my action. Now my hammer does my hammer does fire damage too. Will the fire damage go through or does it still count as weapon damage? Well, I think the fire's on top, so uh magic. Do what you must wall. Alright. Uh this is at plus two because of blessing prayer. Yes, yes. Does it does a fourteen hit? Oh yes. Well, luckily, uh, but uh, the D6, I rolled six for the fire damage. As your hammer smashes through the swarm, it feels like you're not making contact, but the fire, in fact, is. And the amoeba swarm lights up into a cinder of ash into the air. It is dead as fuck. Thank God. You're great, Mr. Mister Wall. Tug to beat him. Do you want to do anything? Unless, do you want to move, William? Well, our, uh, our barrister friend has told me to... Uh, 
stay back. So I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to hunker down with my shield up. Very well. Sure. I will, I'll actually move up here and I will just, I'll pistol whip the amoeba. Roll the hit. Uh, <laughs> a crit. Well, okay. Roll to confirm. Uh, you confirm on an 18. Good. Then damage is, uh, it'll be uh, seven. Uh, as you smack this amoeba, it doesn't quite pierce its outer membrane, but it's almost like you see the mitochondria inside die. And as it's forced to rely on lactic acid fermentation, it just can't anymore, and it turns into a puddle and collapses into the ground. Okay, good, because if it didn't, it would be prone. You learned a long time ago that mitochondria was the powerhouse of the amoeba. You're welcome, boss! Good, Sir Barrister. I will go here, and then I'm going to pull out my holy symbol of Asmodeus. And oh, I'm going shit. To- I'm gonna whisper. This guy. They don't. You don't hear it. <laughs> I'm gonna whisper terrible things into it and raise it. And I need these, except that one right there, to make a will save. Uh, so all of them except the one on the far left or the one on the far right? Correct. Far left. What? <coughs> what? Oh, it's a good roll. Oh my. Uh, what is there? Ooh. Yeah, but this could get. This is rude. What you just did to them. They're not gonna be happy. But I have medium armor, and I believe they fail. All of them fail. It's almost they like they have a hive mind. What? They all take 14. <laughs> the way this looks, by the way, as you all can kind of see through the mist, uh, is you just kind of see me in the back raise my holy symbol. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this before. It's something I do often in the streets to not hurt anybody, but to, like, show off. But, like, as I raise it, it uh, it starts emulating in this, like, dark lava, and it just spreads out. And it looks like lava just slaps everything around me. As that occurs... You, Gavin, you can see, and the others can make out a little bit. Two of these fuckers immediately drop, and the remaining two are looking quite bad. That boy's going to go for a swing, and will miss. It's Morlock time. He's going to swing at the dwarf and miss. This one, Gavin, is going to try to look at you through the mist as he pulls out a potion, and he goes, You speak the words of power so poorly. Gavin, what is your AC? It is not well. It is 16. Uh Uh-oh. Oofa doofa. (laughs) Oh. Well, that's roll for the concealment, though, because he's throwing out of it, right? Do you still, still concealment? He's throwing out? Yes. So hey, Jeff. what do you roll for a thrown weapon on total concealment? Uh, it's uh, D100, you have 51 up is a regular hit. Otherwise, it just does the splash. <laughs> Sad day. Gavin, as a, as a glass vial strikes you in the head, dealing 1D1 damage, it does 2 on the crit. <laughs> nice. But, unfortunately. <laughs> Devastating. You are now in the square of the giant amoeba swarm. Wait, it's not a swarm. It's a regular amoeba. I, I'm sorry. What? Shotgun boy. Are you going to... Is he going to move? The amoeba? Oh, the general? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, the general's going to start hightailing it. Well, no. I'm going to head after him. Get him. As Double he runs over the swarms, he's two fallen dwarves. I'm, like, pretty far away from him, I think. But uh, A run is 60 feet. Uh, okay, I will, I will do that, then I will run my maximum run. Uh... Has to be a straight line, doesn't it? You're right. That kind of works. Yeah, that 55 feet one works. Uh, go there. Okay. Now that dwarf does get an attack of opportunity if he'd like to take it. <laughs> He's too focused on fighting a Morlock in the mist. All right, and I will uh, yield the floor. We don't in that case, that, right? it's Mr. Ace Bugra. Okay, so the remaining Morlock, I'm going to charge and overrun it. Okay. Nice. It's what I'm fucking talking about. Oh, it's um, the overrun for the lesser race. Yeah, so this is against his CMD. Yes, yes. Uh, I rolled a two, got a 23. He is very much overrun. Terry, tell the listening audience and your dungeon master what overrun does. Um, so t- typically, 
it just lets you run through their square. If you succeed by five, they're prone. Uh-huh. Uh, so I end my charge behind him, but I have a feat change, feat change called the Bulette Charge Style that terminates in an ability called Bulette Rampage, which actually lets me do damage on an override attempt equal oh, no. to 1d8 plus strength modifier times one and a half plus half of my armor bonus to AC. So the Morlock's going to take 16 points of damage. The Morlock explodes as you run through his square. Yeah, the I mist have to get all his, those feats. The mist of his blood adding to the mist around you. Uh, fighter levels. Touche. Very well. The swarm is dead, <laughs> which means it is your turn, Mr. Uh, wall. Well, the wall's not that fast, but I'm on my way. I'm going to run up to that Morlock that's in the mist. Just died. Oh, that one's dead? Yeah. Well, God damn it. It's, it's almost like he never existed with how bad he died. Would I know that the general ran to the left? Yeah, I mean, it's, the mist is not like a blackout. You would you would have seen the four moving, you would have seen your shotgun boy taking off like a bat out of hell. I rolled, I forgot, I probably needed to roll concealment, but it was a 20% since I was right next to him and I got a 44, so we're good. Would you roll, going to. Would you roll concealment on a overrun? It's an attack roll. Oh, okay. All right, well, I'm uh, making my way downtown, walking fast, dead Morlocks past. So many. You pass on the body of fallen dwarves. I'm vault bound. Miss, uh, Miss Bonestone. Oh, I didn't forget to say that Tuckmarvina actually got a beam because she is so small, even for a dwarf. Um, and Meatwad, I will protect you. And I run up here. Thank you, Sister. You're welcome. I'm so glad. Jamie the Barrister. All right, I'm going to do my last hold person on the guy. By God. Let me cast a defense for you real quick. Yeah. That succeeds. The whole person fails. The general's all locked up. He's gnashing at the invisible bonds that hold him. Well, kind of try and mash. He can't move at all. And then I will take the attack opportunity and I'll go uh, here. You dare challenge a giant amoeba? Yeah, fuck it. I don't want to deal with it. Oh, uh, it's well. Yeah, but I think you would have been okay. Uh, let's see here. Does a 12 hit you go? It does not. You avoid the attack. The amoeba looks upset. This is the dwarven guard. My brothers, for the mountain homes. And he rushes into the mist seemingly for no reason. Because uh, he doesn't have much he can do. This dwarf will move right there. As if he's trying to cut around to catch the general. It's the general's turn. Can he roll to break out of the whole person? Yes, that's a four-round action. He's going to try. Uh, I don't think if five's going to do it. I'm so sorry. Shotgun boy. Walk up and blast him. I'm going to walk up and blast him. Oh, hold still. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on. Who am I going? Which one's the general? The only one left up. The one who's the one to the left. Uh, ooh. It is uh, touch AC. 12 versus touch. <laughs> I, mm, well, they don't wear armor, so I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Um, no, it does not hit. You somehow miss, and he's, which is odd. Well, yeah, it, it, you, you just, somehow you miss. You know, you, you blew Jesus your load too Christ. early. You were so excited to shotgun blast him that you just didn't, couldn't pull it off. I shot my meat off. It's the curse Mis- of the bone Mr. Bugs? Oh, is this something even going to move? Uh, in like five turns, yeah. <laughs> oh, motherfucker. Well, I guess I'm not going to charge, but I, uh, five, ten. You could just swing at him normally, you know. Yeah, but my uh, hammer's way the fuck up there. <laughs> you stupid asshole. You know what? Fuck it. Uh, okay. I'm putting on, I'm, putting on, I, I'm going to shield bash him. <laughs> uh, Roll it in. We'll put on power attack, too. 
<laughs> Roll it, my friend. Yeah. Uh, so 15 to hit. Uh, 13 points of damage if 15 hits. It looks like it's undergoing cell death, but it's not quite there. And that is bludgeoning damage for just a shield. I would certainly hope so. Now that was a spike shield. This could be an interesting conversation. No, I'm not. I'm not an idiot. I knew there would be amoebas. All right, the wall. Right, he's still held. Right, very much so. Ooh, do the thing. I do the flanking maneuver, and I block the door that I think he was running for. If he can turn around. Gonna... Hello there, General. Good night. I roll my hammer. Wow. Uh, uh, Did you have flanking? Oh, I do have flanking and a plus two, so that's. 13 plus flanking. Yeah, that hits. Roll for damage. <laughs> There's the 12 for having a hammer. How do you want to kill the Morlock General? Uh, I just, I flank around uh, in front of him. Uh, I look him right in the eye. I say, hello, General. Good night, General. And I just put my hammer right in his head and I cook his brains with the fire. Very good. General Morlock Obi. Okay. Tug to Bina. There is still an amoeba up. <laughs> And he's looking feisty as fuck. How are doing? Well, you know, since I crit with my pistol whip, I have another. <laughs> yeah, I, never, earned, I think you probably earned a grit. So. I, yeah, I got my grit back, so I'm gonna pistol whip again. Okay, go for it. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, I don't think a 10 would confirm, though, does it? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it confirms. Oh, really? Fuck <laughs> yeah. Remember, you over a one. <laughs> if you guys want to know a little trade secret about giant amoebas, their AC is only six. Six. They are not hard to hit. They are a CR1 creature because of, well, other stuff. Okay, well, um, yeah, Sam, how do you want to kill a giant amoeba? Um, sir, I'm going to take out a crossbow. It's basically like I bash him over the head so many times that he just flattens into a fucking pancake. My God. <laughs> Alright, ready to go, Sensor. Very good. <laughs> Once okay. As the battle ends, you finally have time. The obscuring mist seems to disappear almost on cue. And you can finally look at the scene of battle around you. Many dwarves in civilian clothing have fallen. You believe these to be Earth listeners, or at least some of their squad, as well as several dwarf guards have fallen. There's many bodies of Morlocks as well. It seems like you know that Morlocks aren't too dangerous, but you also know these guards who you were sent to relieve were also mostly fresh recruits, young. Most could barely braid their beards. Make a perception check. 26. 26 is enough. Tug Nabina, you hear the loud thumping of something on wood seemingly coming from the hallway to the northeast. There's a door you can see just barely there above the bodies. Guys, there's a thumping noise. I'm gonna go check it out. Oh, yeah, I hit it too. North, northeast, not northwest. Whoever just clicked there. Oh, there we go. Do you open I, the door? I, I go and get my hammer before they open the door. Yes. It's this hallway, Samantha. I trudge over there. I'm right. Meanwhile, you, you're you first. Hear this. It seems like about every five seconds there's a thump. 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 Is it coming down the hallway or is it's it coming down the, the hallway? It seems to make a sharp turn right past the entrance door. Right. Let's set up a nice little ambush for whatever this is. Maybe it's friendly. Who knows? I'm gonna ready yeah, in action. Friendly. I'm gonna open my arms and wait for the Bean, get back. Get away from the door. Oh, I'm gonna have my hammer ready. Shotgun is out and pointed. Crossbar is loaded. Why right, is gonna turn the corner first? I will. You gonna roll stealth or anything, or he's going for it? Going for it. No, we're no we're Meba, waiting for it to come up. No, Meba, no, wait. 
As you turn the corner, Meatwad, first you see the partially dissolved body of a dwarven earth listener. At the end of the hall, you see a giant amoeba trying to smash in through a wooden door. Oh, this again. As if it's as if it's hunting its prey. I'm going to go up and bash him. I totally misread that description. I thought something was coming to us. Oh, God, no. There he goes. Blast it. <laughs> well, hold on. I don't think I can actually blast him, but I'm going to whack him. This is wild. Roll, roll hit. Again, it's very hard to not hit. Just hit him. See, and that'll yeah. do it. Yeah, roll damage, my friend. That smooth 1d4. One! It looks upset. You're goddamn right. That's where that came to... from. Give me 20 or 30 more turns and you're goner. And we're just going to have to let this play out, right? Because there's no way any of us get in there. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right. Uh... And I take a five foot step back. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I don't think you can do that, my friend. You can't. No, I just did that. I just did. <clears throat> it's only a giant amoeba. You'll be okay. All right, the rest of you, uh, I guess, go ahead and roll initiative since I gave Eames a surprise round. Because <laughs> amoebas have. Well, that means I should have like a crit or something. That did like ten damage at least. Do you have sneak? Do you have sneak attack? Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> Gavin, confirm. Yes. Go ahead and say yes, Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> Gavin. Gavin, say yes. Damn it. Yes. Thank you. All right, Tugnabina, it's your turn. I will hold my action. Bug? But why? It's a tight hallway, and I don't want a pistol rip it down. Um, so this is 35 feet of movement. Do is like their pathways in these little empty spaces? No, that's a very narrow hallway, even by dwarven standards. Okay, well, then I guess I'm stopping right there. That's a double move. Very good. Just before the amoeba's turn, the door is attacking, flies open. You see a wall of fire fly out, singeing the amoeba. Oh, damn. The amoeba gets so singed, it dissolves into dust. Into the hall stands a dwarven woman holding a match and what looks to be some canister of something. That's for my friends, you whatever you are. Now, what do we do? Combat's over. Are you the sister we're supposed to be looking for that name we probably all forgot? No, she says as she looks towards the partially dissolved body you walked over in the hallway. <laughs> Oops. That, oh, that's a damn shame. Yes. Well, what is your name? Oh, me? I. My name is... I am Tani Granitehue, a junior member <laughs> of this Earth Listener Squad. And the woman you're looking for died saving my life. And she looks very upset. Then, I there, there, lass. She'll be remembered. She died doing what she was supposed to do, defend our people. I know. It's just so sad. She was so cool. <laughs> do not let her death be in vain. Were you the ones coming to help us out? I, if only we would have got here a little bit sooner. If only we were actually able to trace the source of the tremors we were sensing it's not too far down from us maybe a few dozen feet less than a quarter mile to the east whatever it was we don't know if it was wildcat mining it's so weird it wasn't that strong when we first got here and then it stopped and about a day later it resumed but very quiet i don't know what it was but it's like somebody was digging but i don't know it wasn't a dwarf i can tell you that much that's curious wait so the the other earth caller or earth listener she ran off to go alert the captain of the guards. I suppose we have to wait for reinforcements. Uh, 
What would be the protocol here? And I look to the other two guards that survived. We were sent here to guard these people, but, and obviously we're looking a bit worse for their wear, but we can tell you this about the Morlocks. They came from the west. They flanked through the two hallways you see on the side of the main room there. So there weren't many of them, and despite the one calling himself a general, they weren't too horribly well organized. Generally, for Morlocks to attack with strength, they have to think they can win the fight, and they tend to attack with all they got. So if there's anything left down there, I don't think it'd be too difficult for you to take care of the problem. All right. Barrister, what do you say? I say we rally together and we go get them now. No point in waiting. Let's get them. Fresh. Fresh. Uh, I suppose before we go, we should probably give these lots some healing. Does anybody have any hurtness? Oh, you, took, fine. you all took very little damage that fight, which is about what I expected. So what about the guards that survived? The guard, one of them looks really, one of them looks really fucking bad. Like as if almost he only had one HP left when you ended the fight. I'm a blast. Come here, come here, jelly drop. No, Rob, no, don't do that. <laughs> come on, man. He's not messing with Let me fix one. that up for you. Thank you, sir. Ask my days. I was just kidding. I was just kidding about all that. Uh, about I, was, I was going to name my firstborn after you, but the Asmodeus fits. Perhaps a middle day. What do then you I call can yourself? Take the healing back. <laughs> no, he can't. Now let's get moving. I'm, I mean, he can. Okay, how do you want to exit this room? Which doors did they say? Uh, it's somewhere from the west. So it's either this little one you can see here or up north. Let's go west. All right, let's go directly west. Uh, is this... Uh, oh, before we go, uh, Morlocks don't wear pants, but did uh, the general have anything on him? general had a leather cap, but after you crush his skull into his body, it might be difficult to retrieve. Ah, uh, well, it'd be just like them not to carry any useful information. Right, let's head to the east, and then, or head to the west, and then head north. Ah, Oh, that what do our dwarf I see? Twenty-four. I got an eighteen. Twenty-four. You hear not not the time. You hear hushed (laughs) muttering. Does anybody here speak undercommon? What the fuck fucking goblin calls it scorpions? Fair enough. So you know what they're saying. They're saying Mikasa Asukasa. What's for a kind of them? We should go check it out. I'm going in. Are you going in? What is the plan? Well, how many voices? How many voices do we hear? You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm going in. <laughs> oh no! There he goes. Okay, tell me what you want to do, Samuel. He's I'm breaching the door. The I'm breaching the door. Call of Duty style. Slow. There is no door. It is, there is no <laughs> door. It's... Knock knock. Uh, do we hear anything on the other side? You do not. Open the door. In this room, you see another room with a series of altars and burned out candles. You do notice that the decoration here is a bit more ornate than the first room. It's as if you're getting deeper into this mausoleum. Hmm. Interesting. Check the names and we find Torag's name. <gasps> I, Torag. wish can... I think we all do, technically. Well, except for well, well. you. Batterster, you honor Torag, but you're more of a... Uh... A slotted... I worship the YouTuber Ninja. A slotted wooded door, broad with age, with slats throughout it, leads into the next room. Within... Can't see too much, but you don't hear anything either. Open it up very slowly. You open it up very slowly, good. Who's first in? Me. Beautiful, you found it. In this room are found a pair of pits and two statues depicting Torag. The statue to your right displays Torag in full male armor, wearing wielding a hammer menacingly. To your right, the dwarven god is depicted in the garb of a smith, smashing his hammer over an anvil. Go ahead and make a 
religion or history check. A 22. Good. This is something of a classic thing in dwarven worship. Uh, these statues depict the duality of Torag, both as a crafter and a warrior. With your higher check, you also notice that the pits on either side are a very old dwarven custom. These were... What's the word to use here? They would do sacrifices here. The pits were likely used for ceremonial offerings to Torag, where ancient dwarves would place and burn bones from mighty beasts and the ashes from smelteries. At the top of the room, there is another set, this time, of iron doors. You notice that their handles have been smashed off as if to gain access. Something like it came this way. Uh, whenever I do get to the two statues, I will, uh, I will kneel briefly and say a short prayer. And then I'll get up and I'll get to these doors. As you do so, you feel enervated. You gain a plus one sacred bonus on attack and damage rolls. Oh, yeah. I got the power I'm... of God and enemy on my side. Return back here with the bones of whatever we murder in this room. I fire my shotgun up in the air to light it up. Hell yeah. Okay. How do we want to deal with these iron doors? They can be easily opened. Shotgun. Okay, open them. Just open the door. Slowly. Uh, by slowly, do you mean you want to make a stealth check? I guess we can try. Wait. Wait. What old crafting... Does anyone have some WD-40? I got knowledge engineer. Uh, you notice it appears to be a type of stainless steel, so it's actually in pretty good shape. <laughs> and I got right. well, I'm about as a, I'm about as subtle as a thunderstorm. Uh, Bean, why don't you give it a go? Uh, how would I open the door? Stealth Just stealth check. Just okay. roll stealth. Oh, don't leave the horse. She's a goddamn bowl in the china shop. She's well, don't, don't talk about that, one. Oh no! Hey, that's a natural one, audience. That's a natural one. I rolled an eight. <laughs> as, you push, man, I told you. as you push the door open, a loud creak emerges. However, staring in, you notice that you're at the top of a fairly tall stairwell. You hear some voices in undercommon call out. What do you do? Be very quiet. Right, well, I think Stealth's a bit out of the way. You defile this place no more. And then we should probably roll initiative. Yeah, you probably fucking should. Murder time! I got a three minus one for two. I, I love two. <laughs> all right, as you turn towards the stairwell and go down a few steps, all three Morlocks make eye contact with you. I will describe the room you see in front of you, and then we will resume combat. The central mausoleum of this complex is made up of finely worked stone, with ceilings reaching nearly 50 feet high. All around the area stand statues of dwarves, all gesturing in celebration and looking north toward an open sarcophagus and the artwork beyond. All right, well, good Jamie, for that. It's all you, baby. I'm not doing too good on spells, just to be straight with you. But I'll go ahead and move there. And then as my standard, I'll do another move action. And I just kind of watch as I take the holy symbol out of Asmodeus. And I, it looks like I, I grab it in a way that it's kind of like a zipper. And I, like, zip down, and my body splits in two. What spell is that? Uh, it's like a cheap mirror image. For three Morlocks. Good. <laughs> I have, like, nine of these a day. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. But I'm going to run time, in there and blast it. But <laughs> It's time for the Morlocks to do their thing. Wow, they have 120-foot dark vision. Damn. Look at their weird, gross, bulbous eyes. Of course they can see in the dark real good. This one will move up and attack Samuel. Uh, okay. I uh, have natural 20. Uh, confirmation's only a 7. I assume a 7 will not confirm on you, Sam. 
You're a rat. You t- thank you, Derek. Uh, Sam's character will take seven damage. This Morlock does the exact same thing. Does an 18 hit the shotgunner's AC? What's your AC? 27. Okay, well, this one steps forward. Dare enter the realm of Grand Duke Chocknock, appointed by the king himself. For this, you will die. And he throws a potion. He throws a potion up in the air, landing directly next to our barrister. And from that, what do you think emerges out of it? An amoeba. How'd you know? Well, thank God it's not an ogre spider. He's been moved to the bottom of initiative. Very good. Thank you. Mr. Boudreau. You taking that tag of opportunity? Are you from the Amoeba? Sure. <laughs> All right, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what? I hope this crits you, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, that'd be funny. Do your worst, beastie. That would be funny as shit. I don't think that's going to do it. <laughs> no, seven won't hit. Uh, it so looks gonna... dejected. I attack the... It's going to look real dejected when I hit it with my flame and hammer. I'll attack the Morlock. Uh, which, which one, my friend? The one that's directly ahead of me. Uh, with Warhammer with uh, the power attack. 18. That hits. Uh, 13 points of damage. Looks pretty bad. And that is it. Very good. Tug to beat a bone stone. Get that bastard throwing amoebas around. Yeah, I shoot the guy that threw an amoeba. You shoot the amoeba? No, I shoot the guy that threw the potion. That's fine. You can't see him. Okay. I'll the angle is such that you can't quite. You're just too. I mean, if you were a human, you could see him. How about now? Yeah, you can. You got a shot on him now. Cool. Twenty nine hit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, fourteen piercing damage. Oh, he looks upset. Fuck you. And that's my turn. Wall. Right. Well, with my fucking two initiative, just barely going ahead of the thing zero initiative, I'm gonna hit it with my hammer. Does a thirteen hit it? Uh, the amoeba. Yeah, it's definitely gonna hit. Nine bludgeoning damage and six fire. I keep rolling good on that fire. I need to double check to make sure it's actually rolling a D6, not just a six. No, it's on the D6. Gondo. There's one left. Oh! Oh, I forgot that. This one is wearing a ragged cape that you can somehow tell is made out of sewn together rats. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nice. Impressive, huh? cape, do ya? The rats do appear to be dead. That's good for the rats, honestly. I wouldn't want to be near that thing. He probably smells. Oh, but hit it with a negative channel energy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Is anyone going to stop me? I mean, it is heretical, and you are in a holy place, but I mean, this evil, evil thing needs to die. So so everybody's giving me an okay for this? Yeah, are you going to hit us with it? Maybe. No, don't do that. No! <laughs> I would be very upset with you if you hit me with negative okay. energy. Okay. All right. I'll, uh... I'm about uh, to hit everybody with some positive energy, though. Heal. I'll, uh, I have no offensive abilities. I'll throw a sling at it. Okay. Does a 16 hit? It does. Can I just clarify something real quick? I'm not using a sling. I'm just throwing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes two. Uh, you crack him in the nose, pushing the cartilage up through the skull, and he dies as the duke... Ah! As the duke collapses, his red cape fluttering through the air, a blue stone falls out of his pocket towards you. That's I'll the most depressing death of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, maybe, yeah. Did, did someone else hit it? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I shot okay. him. Thank you. <laughs> I'll go for the zone. Okay. Oh, what's that? Roger. What you Roger see, Stone. The stone you pick up is a smooth, incredibly smooth onyx stone. On its surface are myriad dwarven runes arrayed in a grid. Make a knowledge engineering check or arcana check anybody. If you can. Engineering, you say. That's a 26. That's not bad. Gollinson, it's interesting. You've never, to your knowledge, seen one of these, but it's almost like you know what it is. This is a golem control system. It is used to activate and run diagnostics on constructs. The runes, although you can't quite figure out what they all mean because they're in shorthand, would seem to control different functions. It's currently red and not pulsing the runes are as you say the letters are just red hmm that's interesting now where would they have gotten a wait desecrated sarcophagus is made of gleaming white stone and inlaid with precious gems and gold leaf still legible on the foot of the stone despite damage likely caused by the morlocks reads dombrila gollinson chief anamancer high crafter bringer of sky by torax beard it's one of my ancestors Yes, and an ancestor so deep, even through dwarven oral history, you don't really, the name does not strike a bell. I got I don't even remember. I, I don't know their name. I can't did believe these, I wrote that before. I mean, that just <laughs> did these nasty beasties kind of like look at the the stone again? Were they trying to pilfer? Did she create constructs? Hmm. Well, if you want to make an, uh, I guess some type of investigation check, Whatever you can justify that as on the sarcophagus, you could. Uh, can we just d- just do a perception? I guess I would say an appraise, which I can just do. I'm not good at it, but I can do it. Oh, uh, well, no, that's only if I'm determining wealth or value or dwarf bonus. Gavin, with a 21 perception, you can tell Ooh. that this sarcophagus was very sturdily put together. Whoever broke the seals, which you imagine were both magical and iron, had some fairly advanced skills. You don't think the Morlocks would have been the ones to open this. Do you want to continue investigating the room? Of course. Maybe they Behind use... the sarcophagus is a oh. very large mural stretching to the top and surrounded on all sides by, well, surrounded across the top by an archway of black rock. What does the mural depict? If you make a DC 15 history, I can tell you more. Would you like to know more? Oof, I rolled a two for ten. Okay. Anybody else with history? How the fuck? Yeah, that's a dwarf. All right, well... <laughs> The artwork has something to do with the quest for the sky. That's kind of been a running theme of this floor, if you can't tell. Though you are unfamiliar with all parts of the narrative being shown, a series of painted scenes depict from right to left. First, dwarves deep underground, with an explosion in the sky high above them, above even the mountaintops. Next, Torag, looking contentedly down at dwarves beginning a long dig upward. Third, exhausted dwarves, holding off a horde of orcs, praying to Torag for guidance. Next, and the penultimate slide, shadowy figures placing into the hands of a dwarven king and noble dwarven woman, an unknown brick. Finally, dwarves reaching the surface of Galarian, orcs fleeing before their advance, Torag smiling down warmly. From behind you, you hear the loud sound of clanking metal boots on the floor. Turning at the top of the mausoleum, stand four dwarven figures. Gavin, I told you, you stole my fucking character art. Is he evil? Detects evil. They're good folk. From behind you, you hear the rushing of feet and clanging of iron. Four dwarves appear. On the flanks are a pair of dwarven soldiers, 
who you immediately recognize as part of the royal guards. The dwarf in front, one of the dwarves in front, bears the vestments of a cleric. His brilliant armor worked with images of hammers and anvils. His white beard drapes down this. his chest, and his blue eyes are bright like lightning. Next to him stands a dwarf wearing a variety of silk garments, each more outrageously colored than the last. His squat head is adorned by a large, wide-brimmed felt hat, decorated with the plumage of a bird you cannot identify. Hi-ho, fair guardians, bells the dwarf in the myriad silks. We heard reports in the middle city of a Morlock incursion targeting a team of Earth listeners and made haste to assist. The cleric, looking down at the dead Morlocks, looks back up at you and smiles. Though, cousin, from the looks of it, we were not needed after all. He gestures <laughs> towards you with an open hand. Kragadon owes you a great debt for a duty so well fulfilled. Uh, make me a local check. I don't have local. I got a history. Well, that works too, actually. Go for that. I got a 19 on a little. Oh, I no, I didn't. Uh, I got a 24. This is that. not a hard check to make. Even those of you who don't have much upon hearing the names will know. Before you stand Urist Raven Eyes, Dwarven Inquisitor, and Urist Heart Tender, Dwarven Cleric. Cousins, linked by grandfather Urist Crag Dancer, Slayer of Dragons. Both of these dwarves are famed heroes. Their tales told to enchanted children before bedtime all throughout Kragadon. They are the right hands of Prince Gorm Greathammer and are often tasked with assignments critical to dwarvenkind. And that's the end of our broadcast week. Well, it would be. In the present, faneously, two things are happening. Cyrix is sitting in her room, examining the locket, and in a burst of inspiration, she sees lying on the ground next to a campfire is a long spear and a set of armor that is adorned with imagery of Caden Callion and a hand goes out to reach it to pick it up and that hand isn't Ferrum's hand to the best Cyrix of your recollection you would say that this hand belongs to a half-orc Laura. Laura, Daniel yes. Daniel approaches you again. This is weird, mother. Um, we've I got, agree. Well, no. No, is there something new happening? Yes, there's something very new. There, New Tollersburg, a few days ago, uh, Rhina's here, and she brings travelers who arrived sometime while we were fighting, and they wouldn't say why, but they asked for Toller. They asked for you. They're waiting in pub downtown. Well? I think you should go talk to them. Their intentions apparently do not seem negative. Hmm. They're travelers from New Tollersburg? No, they are travelers that arrive seeking seeking the Tollers. Well, that's interesting. I'll make my way there. Um, as you arrive, there's people, just normal people sitting around, but two humans in these purple robes that seem out of place that they're kind of covered in dirt and dust as if they have indeed been traveling. Do they, I recognize them at all? Uh, no, you don't. Uh, but they, they see you and the woman waves you over after she looks for a minute and kind of pieces things together what's going on and she she beckons you. Hello there. I am Laura Toller. Laura. Yes, they said that's what your name would be. They? Forget the people. The people that the town that we arrived at, named after, well... My husband. Yes. My name is Aliana. My name is Greg. A long time ago, 
we had a son. For circumstances beyond our control, we gave him up to a family in Corvosia, and then we set out to find him many years later, only to find he had died. Laura, we're your husband's real parents, and we'd like to get to know who he became. And that's the end of our broadcast week. My in-laws, fuck. Derek, you should have described them as Ray Romano's parents. Zebra! This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Incorporated. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. Iron Fang Invasion is copyright 2017. Iron Fang Invasion and the Pathfinder Adventure Bath are trademarks of Paizo.